You're listening to the Optimal State Podcast. Here we go. Hive Mind Detonation in three, two, one. Let's go. Confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light. The, the mainstream. You can't handle the truth. Has been put on notice. This is the Optimal State Podcast. Ladies, gentlemen, it's official. It's officially over. The WHO has declared COVID-19 pandemic. Emergency is officially over. I take this from uh, the Wall Street Journal. The uh, writers of this fantastic little piece are uh, one Betsy McKay and Brianna Abbott. I wonder what amazing private universities these fine women went to what liberal arts degrees they received. But uh, uh, so the article goes, uh, the World Health Organization declared an end to the COVID-19 emergency, signaling that one of the most deadly and economically devastating pandemics in modern history is receding as the disease that caused it becomes a routine illness. COVID-19 is here to stay, but the pandemic has been in a downward trend for more than a year because people around the world have built up immunity to the virus, the WHO said on Friday. Mortality has decreased and there is less pressure on health systems. The trends have enabled most countries to return to pre-pandemic life, even as COVID-19 continues to spread. Well, it's therefore with great hope that I declare COVID-19 over as a global health emergency, said the WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. It is a moment for celebration and reflection, Dr. Tedros said. The world sacrificed and built new systems and technologies to fight the virus. But a lack of global coordination, equity, and solidarity meant that resources weren't deployed to their fullest potential and lives were lost. That shouldn't have been, he said. Quote, COVID has changed our world and it has changed us. If we all go back to how things were before COVID-19, we will have failed to learn our lessons and we will have failed future generations. This experience must change us all for the better, end quote. Welcome everyone to the Optimal State Podcast. The last bit of that quote I read from uh, the esteemed shill, Dr. Tedros, is if we all go back to how things were before COVID-19, we will have failed to learn our lessons and we will have failed future generations. But I ask you listeners, and uh, I also ask you, Mr. Adam, we all go back to how things were. Well, how were things before COVID-19? And how are things now? Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, hello, Jared. How's it uh, going, man? All right, not bad. Uh, I'm so happy that they allowed us to uh, end the pandemic. You know, it's so great that the, you know, these uh, people in charge have given us such this wonderful gift of no more COVID. I mean, these people so are gracious, so gracious, right? Yeah, I know. And it's so amazing. I have so much appreciation for these uh, elitists and their decision-making for, I would not be here if I didn't have them in my life. If we didn't uh, have these experts to look up to, what would we do? I mean, 
we would not be able to go outside. We would have to, you know, like just sit indoors and wait for their instructions. I mean, <laughs> that's not crazy, right? Um, I feel like before three years ago, that was a crazy idea to to think that. To me, it was anyway, but it seems to have become a normal thing real quick. You know, if we I don't want we cannot forget that. I don't want anyone to ever forget what we all went through, because it does seem like the great forgetting is unfolding before us. You know, they're they're good at doing that. You know, constant distraction, distraction, distraction as the Trump circus unfolds and the, the Biden circus, whatever you want to call it. I'm afraid people just their attention spans are so short. They don't want to they don't want to deal with it. They just want to move forward. But man, the three year draconian, whatever you want to call it, the the lockdown world lockdowns that we endured, uh, it just cannot be forgotten. Well, and that's basically what he's saying. He's saying, remember, you know, we all need to remember this, you know, forever. And, you know, I always compare the COVID-19 as like world 9-11 because um, that's basically uh, what it is. Yeah, um, but, that, but what he's saying is, um, you know, he's saying like we need to move. He's actually basically saying like we need to move to the new world order. He's saying like we can't go back to how we were. We need to do better. He's saying that we need to do what we did during COVID, but times 100 you know, he's and he that's uh, and that's what the WHO does. They're the mouthpiece that's sort of uh, the health focused mouthpiece for the globalist beast. Um, yeah. What is that? Um, aren't they supposed to vote on uh, whether or not um, the who will have ultimate authority over all nations? Uh, I think that that vote's coming soon, that um, all, like, all the nations are going to vote to basically be forced to listen to the World Health Organization if whatever they implement and where uh, okay though no, uh i'm this i actually don't think i've heard of this where uh where um, would the vote be happening like is this united um, nations or yeah uh because i actually heard it from uh ed dowd who was he's ex, um i was watching one of a podcast that had him on and he was saying that the the who is like seeking ultimate authority um to uh, basically have uh, all say to like over all health related issues like pandemics and or whatever, I, I guess they'll have the ultimate authority. Uh, I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, uh, it's a uh, because it's just, like I said, I mean, it's kind of like word of mouth because I heard him and um, so, but uh, yeah, in a second I'll look it up. And uh, when I have cool. a moment, but uh, so I mean, it's just scary because like these people think that, you know, I mean, first of all, they take everybody for idiots, you know, and you know, I, they're kind of right. I mean, there's a lot of idiots out there. Now I'm an idiot, but at least I'm I'm an objective idiot, you know. Like that's the difference, you know. And how how could you not be objective? Why don't they want people being objective? Why don't they want people to be able to um, look at things? in a way where they're analyzing situations and saying, well, this doesn't really add up. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, so, but it's funny, the question that you, you brought to me earlier was like, you know, uh, what would you ask me if life 
was better before COVID or compare it to, um, Yeah, to- yeah. Well, you know, the Dr. Tedros, he asked, he got, or he didn't really ask, but he was like, we don't want to go back to how things were before COVID. So we need to look to the future. So, I mean, well, he did ask a question. Hold on. I could uh, look at it real here. Um, said, if we all go back to how things were before COVID-19, we will have failed to learn our lessons and we will have failed future generations. Yeah. So uh, that's not a question, but Basically, he's referring to the world pre-COVID-19. And he's saying, if we go back to that, we'll have not learned our lessons. But I'm wondering, like, it seems if I would, the lessons I learned are that, okay, yeah, but we don't want to go back to that world. And and that that is true. Sure. Okay. But I don't think I'm on, I know I'm not on board with the, uh, what he's the next phase of what he's proposing. I know we know that, you know, the eat the bugs phase. I don't, I'm not really down for that. So yeah, but I, you know, as I was saying, I really don't want to forget uh, how that all went down. And I think, you know, it was very interesting, very revelatory of how people behaved, how people who I thought were real, badass dudes like people who would uh you know stand up for something and 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 have a backbone man i saw people crumble real quick and people just stick their head in the sand willing to deny common sense willing to deny the truth willing to denying questions in favor of just obeying some arbitrary authority of of doing some you know, so-called right thing, but not clearly defining what that right thing was. Just these so-called experts or authority figures telling them that it was the right thing. And it was just so far out to see the spell that was just cast over people. It was, it was masterful. It really was. I mean, people just, I, I was like, you knew you, it was almost like you saw a little bit of crazy go on and you were like, oh, I know I can't speak to them. I almost start foaming at the mouth sometimes, like in the beginning of it all. When I before I I started to pick up on the that like craziness that I was seeing people who were very like, you know, like please mask me up. Before I started becoming a little more aware of how crazy they were, I would engage a little bit more openly with them about how nonsensical it was to the all the, what they were proposing. You know, with the lockdowns and eliminating businesses and you used to have to, with the restaurants, if you would go to a restaurant, you would, you could sit down at the table, but you had to stand up, put a mask on, and walk to the bathroom. I mean, the whole thing, like the whole five feet, or what was it, six feet apart thing, you'd have stickers on the floor. And the thing was insane. It was just pure insanity. And it, and it was not even that long ago that people were acting completely nuts. And it's just, oh, it's far out. It's far out to think. So anyway, I don't want to... I. What I'm trying to get at is there was a lot of people who I felt were in positions who could have been truth tellers. And instead, because of whatever situation, well, multiple situations that we could address right now, um, they chose to not tell the truth and they chose to comply and they chose to uh, oftentimes be voices for really messed up messages and caused harm through doing that. And we've said it before. I think the principles that we stand on are largely libertarian. It's 
you know, do no harm to others, treat others as you want them, uh, as you want to be treated, the golden rule, right? Like, uh, that, I mean, we're, we're largely based on, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on that. Um, so, anyway, Adam. Yeah. Anything? Um, I don't know. What are you, th- what are you thinking? Well, I was just, I'm sorry. It was, it was uh, um, the World Health Organiza- Organization Pandemic Treaty. So they're trying to make a treaty. Uh, yeah, so uh, that that's what it is. Who's uh, uh? Is it through Congress? Uh, no, of course, no, no, it's not going to be. Of course, they're, they're not going to let it go through. Uh, uh, like anybody take a vote on it, you know? I mean, that's uh, um, I think it's just going to be something that they sign off on because it's like a world thing. So, uh, but we'll see. I mean, I I don't I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard too much about it. I'll have to do some more research on it, and then uh. You know, we can talk about it at a later time when I kind of comb through the details because I, I don't want to, um, you know, give the wrong information out if I really don't know, uh, you know, what the, you know, the details are because that's what the devil decides. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, dude. He's in there. He's so, all in there, man. But, uh, well, yeah, look, no, I mean, look. I was just kind of touching on like with the whole COVID thing, you know, there were a lot of spineless cowards throughout and uh, it really, really uh i don't want to say broke my heart because that's a little extreme but i was very disappointed in people even to this day i'm very disappointed in how people behave about covid but about the woke stuff too you know it's it's interesting because you know we talk about a lot on this show um and we we certainly have uh opinions on the show that are not necessarily like um I don't know. What would you say? They're not, they're not, uh, they're a little sharp. Uh, a little, yeah, little I, I, I think our, I opinion, yeah, I, I mean, I think our opinions would, uh, be outside of the mainstream to some degree. Yeah, um, I would say so for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but we're not like Trump, but we're not coming at it like a bunch of, uh, a holes. I, I really don't think so. I mean, that's not the intention. I'm sure people could come away and be like, oh, these guys are so full of themselves. I mean, okay, fine. If whatever whatever you say is fine, that's your the whatever reality you choose to try to live in, that's your choice. But uh, I'm we're just trying to seek out the truth. That's it. I'm trying to stay like not focused on myself. I'm trying to stay focused on building an optimal state uh, around me and and inhabiting within me. And anyway, I don't have to get too like into that uh, metaphysical angle of things. But you know, I'm just. Uh, to go kind of back to just being, um, just being like grounded in in honesty, I think is is something that so few people can do right now, and it's just it's shocking. And I saw it through COVID. I mean, we were so there was going to be a guy. Uh, I wanted to have a guy on the on the show, a musician, um, and I shared with him. He's he's in a band. They were going on a tour pretty soon. Have some music coming out. I was going to have him on the show, ask him to come on and maybe talk some stuff. He's a smart dude. He's, he's a pretty smart guy. Like actually, like I've had some interesting discussions with him in the past and I've known him for years and uh, his band is like his current band. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not my thing, but he's putting a lot of effort into it. So I was like, dude, this is cool. You're going on a tour. Awesome. So I asked him uh, to come on the show maybe. And I was like, Hey, here it is. Give it a, give it a listen. And uh, he really kind of gave me the hard pass and said 
not going to say verbatim what he said, but more or less said something along the lines of, I cannot disobey or no, no, not disobey. I cannot. There are people who have expectations of me. There are people who I need validation from or who I think I need validation from who I'm afraid of what they think. I'm afraid they may think a certain way of me if I have certain discussions, if I am associated with people who have those discussions or entertain those ideas. I'm worried that I may not be accepted by gatekeepers. And I acknowledge that these people are all messed up, hypersensitive, uh, uh, hypochondriac, whatever, you know, um, I believe this, I can actually say, I believe the, the phrase was something along the lines of like NPRers and worked up Gen Zers. But I find it interesting that this person could call out specifically these sorts of traits, behaviors, characteristics. So knowing full well, not being not, not like he he's getting it. But will still come up with some reason for not wanting to. But what what I'm taking away from this is that truth is not a priority, and compromising that to get somewhere is okay. And you, if you can't trust somebody to to be truthful, I mean, it's obvious that he's in it for himself. And look, dude, that's fine. But then the further justification is. Uh, that I need to, I, I, I need to get through this industry in certain ways. I need to break in. And then when I'm at a certain point, I can be, I could present my true self. I'm all, I'm like, I, it's unbelievable. It's such an unbelievable take. It's like, how do you, you sell out before you even have the chance to sell out? So what are you going to present? What are you going to show people when you're at that point? Because you'll have nothing. You're a hollowed out shell. You gave it all up. You get to that point and they already sucked you dry long time ago. You're like a husk. You wonder why all these rock stars, so-called rock stars, you know, Ozzy Osbourne up there, John Bon Jovi, the list goes on. I mean, I don't know Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi's probably all right. But, you know, a lot of them are just hollowed out husks and they'll do whatever the media machine tells them to do. And you wonder, why do they do this? There's just nothing left there. They sold their soul so long ago. And it's it's just hilarious to hear someone say, I'm going to wait until enough of these, like, you know, let's just be real, industry scumbags say, okay, you could you could play, monkey. Like, go, oh, yeah, sure, here you go. You could play a slightly bigger show. And you want to just keep getting validation from these people until what? So at what point, like you got to actually, and that's the thing also with the whole COVID thing. And that's why it's like, it's just, you see the common threads of how these people live in this sort of delusional world. You have to set definite lines of when things end of uh, who is that person that you are getting that validation from, because this is like a, a real whacked out idea to think that you need to get certain validation points and then, and then at a certain point, you could tell the truth, you know? And it's like, 
to it's it's it actually is like taken almost as an insult because it's like so you're gonna you're gonna willfully play into a lot of this which causes harm in some capacity you know it's not causing good and you want to play into this machine and then you act like anybody's going to show up to your shows who the fuck wants to see a rock band anyway so you're going to like sell out like and i play rock music. we play rock music we know how hard it is to get people to shows so you're telling me that you're going to like be in a band in a rock band and not have anything to say like you're literally just going to go up there and uh be just be a mouthpiece for whatever like corporate corporation like whatever small label will pick you up and like chew you up and, and spit you out it's just very funny to me and it's like additionally to think that this band is promoting itself with a poster that has a Burmese guy on it who's mutilated his face and has a gun sticking through it so that's the poster that's the graphic on the po it's actually a photo on the poster so there's that there's a music video where the dude has a dildo taped to his head and he's just spinning around in a circle with a dildo on his head and you're telling me that you're afraid to come on a show and talk about some ideas it's just it's laughable and that's the I, I we need to talk about this because that is the world we live in and these are the sorts of people who are in the entertainment industry so don't kid yourself if you're trying to think that they're not this is how they think they're always thinking this way they're always thinking of how to exclude you they're always thinking like oh how do i this is in it for me i don't want that like they need to stay out and then you think about what we're doing we're talking about ideas and i'm willing to bring a guy onto our show and and have him talk about his band advertise his band but he's too afraid to pop and listen we didn't have to talk about anything we didn't have to jump and dive deep into any uh ideas he didn't want to touch on honestly i i you know we we may have tried to go certain places but i wouldn't have held him up against the wall and like been like you gotta answer that question dude no we're not like that you know this episode what 23 have we ever kind of revealed ourselves to be jerks like that anyway it's just very funny so don't kid yourself that is the world we live in and these are the people who let covid happen these past uh past three years the whole covid lockdown so anyway i think we'll go to a quick break but adam anything you want to leave everybody with before we uh go to some music um i i guess we can uh you know i don't want to get into anything right now but i guess we can get into it break after the break i mean all right dude all right, everyone, we will see you guys on uh, the other side of some music. Enjoy.
So we were talking about earlier about uh, Jared's friend and uh, him coming on the podcast or refusing to come on the podcast because of uh, maybe he was scared of the conversation that we were going to have with him, uh, which is kind of odd because if you can't freely speak and it not be judged in a in a way that uh, is uh kind of like judgmental by your peers and your friends and these people that are supposed to you're supposed to play music with uh, i just find that very odd um like well let me just say I- one one real quick thing about that is yeah. if you don't mind uh the one thing i i get is it i get it from a professional point of view i get that okay there are certain things in my professional life i don't want bleeding I, I should say i don't want certain things from my private life or my hobbies bleeding over into my professional life and that was how i i think he was trying to frame it in a way but not fully like that was that was part of the one of the like five excuses that he was using but uh the main thing was yeah not wanting to um anger disappoint get get shunned from this the woke mob the woke hive mind bob but uh, I, w- I was just going to say is that the difference is um, between this being like a professional thing, which I would understand, and I would I would probably I wouldn't I wouldn't even push it. I would get it. Like I, I get that uh, you know you don't want to necessarily. I get that. But he's a he's a, he's supposed to be an artist, and this is kind of my whole point of what I was saying earlier is that artists are tasked with pushing the 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 envelope. They're they're tasked with being the people who do things that people don't get initially and then people come to later. They're not supposed to be at the tail end of, of things and adopting the narrative that's fed to them. That defeats the whole point. It defeats the whole point of artistry. And that's why, in my opinion, rock music is a pretty much all music is just a complete S show. It's just a mess, right? I mean, it's like so bad. And rock music, when I was a kid, one of the things that really uh, made me resonate with it, it wasn't always even how the music sounded. It, it was more the, the underlying ethos, the, the attitude, which was, you know, it was real rock and roll, more even more refined. I It would be like punk rock, which is that it's like, you can't tell me what to do, man. You know, get off my back, state. Like, you know, you can't you can't control me. And, you know, that is like there, there's that. But then there's like the more 
narcissistic element of it, which kind of, I think, wasn't so punk rock or rock and roll, what, but still is rock and how rock has evolved, which is more like, yeah, let's take that element of doing what we want, but we're all just, we're going to commodify that and just all get bloated and drunk and porno addicted and pill addicted and just like veg out. And we're all going to act like this is like the epitome of existence. So anyway, that's, uh, that was kind of, that's kind of my thing on that is that you're defeating the point of being an artist, right? I mean, that's how I wanted to enter into things, especially playing music. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that not when we were kids and we first started playing music at 14, 15 years old, were we not trying to push the envelope a little bit when we, when we played music, were we not trying to like play really loud and, and do that? Yeah, I, I think a big part of the entertainment industry is that they want everybody pissed off. Um, as you can see through the media, um, you know, even with music, um, it's always like, you know, you're always, you always feel like you're fighting something, you know what I mean? And uh, even as kids, you know, we were always like um, kind of against the system. And, you know, we had all these bands and like emo music and Limp Bizkit, like if you win, you know, like we're going to do what we want to do, you know? And, uh, and yeah, it's like, oh, you won't do what you tell me, like Rage Against yeah, Machine. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, don't you feel my teenage angst? And uh, it, it's, to me, I, I look at it like, you know, I, I love music. I love playing music. And it's unfortunate because everybody's bought and paid for. Um, and that, and it's, just, it's just sad because nobody wants to uh, stand up for what's right because they money is their god and how do you have any morals when you worship a piece of paper that isn't backed by it obviously but um you know you, you worship these these material things and you're willing to look past your own belief system to make money and uh that's like the definition of compromised and it's a uh, it's gotten to the point where, you know, people don't even want to hear different opinions. It's like, you know, it's like, like a, a kid, like sticking their, their uh, fingers in their ear, like, la, la, la. I don't that is what it is. Ear. Right. It's you exactly know, that. That, that, that. But the funny part is, is when you stop talking, they take the fingers out of their ears and then they just blabber on. Like, I don't care about what you have to say. This is my opinion and you're going to hear it and everybody's going to hear it. And that's it. And I don't even want to consider anything that you have to say because it's just not what uh, what I want to hear at the moment. And, uh, you know, I, I keep saying, and I, I was telling my aunt this today, and I've said it before, everybody wants to talk, nobody wants to listen. Like, and because listening, yet yeah, you, um, is, is difficult for a lot of people. Um, you learn when you listen. I've dug myself so many holes by just talking talking myself in holes and you know and you're you're you learn when you are the student and then by being the teacher you know you can help others by uh you know expressing yourself but you don't want to do it in a way where as you said like like a dick um but yeah you want to do it in a meaningful way and yeah, I, I think I, 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 
Oh, go go ahead, dude. No, I was gonna say I you know I I am all for um you know people living their own life and doing things that they want to do. Um, you know, I'm not I, I I you know as long as it's not hurting other people. And you know, and this is where the line is being drawn because now it's like, okay, well, where is that line? Like, you know, is you know, wh- where do we draw that line as people? You know, and uh, because they're making you know, it very clear that they have already drawn that line. That's that's also the point that we need to understand. And the whole COVID lockdown madness made it also clear they drew that line already. They were willing to ship people off to FEMA camps. The government just had to say the word, snap their fingers. And every neighbor who was pro-COVID lockdown would have kicked out the neighbors who weren't, who didn't get vaccines or didn't mask up or didn't clap at 7 p.m. Like nice, obedient, you know, little little peons. What's that? I said, you'll never get over that in the city, right? I'll never get over. Well, yeah, man. I mean, it was quite a phenomenon living in upper Manhattan, walking out and you don't see any people all day and then they all just come out and they're all clapping and they're all smiling like, Oh, we're all in this together. Right. Uh." It's just so surreal. I especially looking back on it. Yeah. I remember like just being embarrassed being in your apartment, hearing it, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want any part of that because I thought it was the most idiotic thing that anybody could ever do because I know nobody really gives a shit. And now we see that because what ended up happening was all those people turned their back on the people that didn't get the vaccine, even though they're healthcare workers, you know? So I knew that these people are full of shit. And, uh, and and that's the thing. It's just like, everybody wants to be in the forefront when, uh, you know, everybody wants to put themselves out there uh, in the hive mind when everybody's like, yeah, you know, we're all in this together. We're all doing this. And then at the end of the day, nobody really gives a shit. You know, nobody cares. Uh, yeah, anytime you disagree with them, then they just say, oh, you you are dead to me. You are dead to me. And it's just it's interesting that it's like because I, I was going to say earlier, you were ta- you were talking about the teacher student uh, relationship. Right. And that people need to listen more. And I think one thing that's also a, a relationship that is not often addressed enough is that of collaborator that we need to be more looking to collaborate with others and rather than wanting to always run out and speak and express our opinions like everybody is told to do that we're all little special boys and girls and everybody should listen to us and give us what we want whenever we want because i want my candy and i i want it now daddy you know it's literally like the willy wonka kids um but uh no, my point is that a lot of people should could benefit from, in addition to the teacher-student relationship model, just being studious. If you don't have someone who's necessarily a teacher or you're not in a position to be a teacher, just get studious. Get I get real deep with books. I mean, a Kindle is relatively cheap if you don't have uh, a library near you. And once you have that, I mean, you could download so much knowledge just and fill your head with there's so many good books out there on you know starting up uh basic businesses that cost nothing because i i think that's part of the name of the game kind of to go off on like a little bit of a tangent here but you know we talk a lot about what's the alternative to this collapsing system right because it's pretty obvious it's we're in a controlled collapse it's pretty obvious that the dollar looks like it's going to be gonzo in another 
well, pretty soon. I mean, we can't really put a timeline on it, right? That the the way things are going, who knows how the the whole funny farm works behind the scenes, really. Um, I mean, Janet Yellen is like she's got to be an animatronic, right? I mean, she, I think they just have invested so much money into the Janet Yellen model that they're just like, oh man, we can't. Really, well, we're all broke. I, we dig old Janet out of the closet. Yeah, I think we could, could work. Yeah. Oh yeah, George Lucas. He he did this really great face prosthetic. Oh yeah, we'll get that. Yep. All we gotta do is just put her on a chair. No one will ever see her legs. Oh, it's perfect. I mean, that could be the world we're living in. Who knows? But uh, uh, again, I digress. I'm just saying. Who knows how things are really gonna go with the dollar or whatnot? But best thing you could do, and this is not financial advice, but I would say is try to a diversify your investments if you're in a position like that. Uh, but B to get in a position like that is try to work on streams of cash flow um, in whatever way possible. And the great thing about getting into anything computer related is that it's very scalable. So whether it's something as simple as just like a online storefront, or you want to get as complex as like start coding websites or build your own web application, you know, that if you were to ask me advice on, ways to generate cash flow, I would say put a year aside, put two years aside, just dedicate to learning uh, web development, building web applications, and start putting stuff out along those lines. That would be my advice in terms of that in time, in terms of uh, building cash flow. And I think, uh, Adam, you also, I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I don't know if you ever read that, but I know you're familiar with, with him, right? And, uh, kind of his concepts of the idea of rich dad, poor dad being that like, you know, he had a rich dad growing up and a poor dad, his poor dad being his real dad who taught him, the poor dad taught him that working uh, traditional jobs, 40 hours a week for an employer, working until you got a retirement, putting money away for savings. This is the way to live your life. Whereas his rich dad was his friend's dad and he did not have a college degree, did not, work a 40 hour week. He had multiple different businesses. He had like a lawn mowing business, a paint business. I think he, uh, I don't know if he was in like the stock market, but I think he bet. So that's like basically crypto, right? So he was, he had multiple different streams of income in that way. And that was uh, Robert Kiyosaki's lesson was his rich dad who taught him all these lessons. So anyway, have you ever, uh, are you familiar with that, Adam? No, I have not read the book. Um, uh, but I, you know, I do know a little bit about because I, I, I watch him on YouTube. So right, uh, right. That's that was kind. Of, yeah, I knew. I think you showed me some stuff of his on YouTube, and he's always talking about that. He's always talking about the dollar collapse and, uh, you know, them printing money like hyperinflation, etc. Yeah, well, <laughs> that um, you know, and I said this the other day to somebody. I was like. So all at once right now we have a, a debt cry um a a debt ceiling crisis we have a currency uh, basically you know dollar is about to collapse and what was the third thing the third thing was uh, war war with like uh, well, no, Russia it, China financial it was uh, oh okay dollar collapsing uh, um uh, dollar collapsing uh, what was the other one I said raising the interest rate. No, no, not the reason. Banks, um, banks collapsing. That ceiling and the banks collapsing. You have all these three things all happening at once. 
right totally random you know what i mean and it's just like you know it, that's you know that happening totally randomly is like and people believing like oh it's just it just happens or, you know it's just it's just something that is happening out of the blue we have no control over it it's just like yeah that's like the same narrative of fucking two planes hit, you know two planes hitting three buildings and it, and, and it coming down when it was only- <laughs> give me a break you know hey man that's a believable story come on yeah right what are you talking about building seven came down by uh you know because uh, that's what happens when planes crash into buildings like several blocks away other towers just collapse randomly right yeah exactly but i mean the, the whole point <laughs> is just it's all planned they know what they're doing it's yeah. not like that hard to see that like so it, I've said this before. So either like these the smartest people that we have are supposed to represent us and you know have our best interests are either just so stupid and idiotic and they're just way dumber than we could ever imagine, or it's planned. Like what, yeah. what are you gonna do? You're gonna believe these people that go to Harvard, Yale, uh, you know these Ivy League schools are just oh sorry i didn't mean to print fucking 40 trillion dollars my bad uh you know sorry you know i didn't mean to fucking print 60 percent of all currency ever created in fucking a year you know yeah, no was- it's not like that man because they it's also once you're in that world it's also a dog eat dog world in that in there you know you don't stay at the top unless you are the most vicious of, of them all and a lot of the people you we see are not the most vicious. They're just the the puppets. They're just the the front people, you know. Yeah, well, they would never come out from the dark, you know. I mean, right. we're talking about, uh, you know, there's the book of the Committee of Three Hundred, um, by I think his name is Dr. John Coleman. Uh, really, really, uh, you, you can find some of his videos on Bitchute and YouTube. He's just so knowledgeable about. I mean, this guy did like years and like decades worth of research into the elites and uh, how they run the world. And it's called the Committee of 300, where the 300 richest families uh, or richest people, uh, you know, get behind the scenes and they, they call the shots and they pick presidents. And um, and what are you going to believe? You're going to believe that you go into the voting, voting booth and... Uh, Donald Trump or, uh, or Biden becomes president. It's like, right. <laughs> you, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it, you know, maybe on the local level, I could see, you know, elections having um, more legitimacy. But um, I, you know, I always bring up the FDR quote, nothing in politics happens by accident. And if you think that you have any choice in any of this, you don't, you have no choice. You have no say. The only way that, um, they would ever um, the only way that they would ever change their uh, the way that they go about doing their business is if there's some sort of and I'm not promoting this, but a real armed revolution, you know what I mean? like uh, a revolution where you know they, they make the whole thing oh the yeah, Trump incited an insurrection. There were no guns. There were not right. well, how is it an insurrection when nobody had a fucking gun? That doesn't make any sense. How you think that these people were going to take over? Do oh, you think these people were going to take over the the capital with, with the these people? The United States spends almost a trillion dollars a year in defense, and you're going to rush the capital 
with nothing. It just doesn't make any sense. And the people that believe this, and I'm not even because I, I I hate Trump, you know, as much as I hate Biden. Um, but you know, so this isn't even a political thing. It's just about common sense. You don't try to overthrow a government in a fucking uh, uh, a moose hat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or whatever that fucking thing. If he was, you know what I mean? It's just so idiotic, and it's just so unfortunate that people believe this nonsense because it's coming out of cnn or fox news and uh you know it's just all lies and it's all just it's all disgusting yeah dude and then you got hysterical people who buy into it you have bots who just regurgitated on twitter or wherever youtube and then you have people who should know better the spineless cowards who go along with it and it's like you know if you split this up in the quadrants what does that leave you that leaves you with one quadrant like us and our listeners who are just outnumbered by people who are spineless, hysterical, or fake, <laughs> you know? And uh, I guess we could leave the fake people out. Maybe that's not the, uh, an, accurate, an accurate quadrant. But uh, anyway, you get my point. I don't, I don't know if that has to be a, a framework we work with anytime again. But uh, hey, dude, this has been a fun one. Uh, you know, it's... It's always good chatting with you. It would have been nice having my buddy on, but you know what? He'd rather put a dildo on his head and make music videos. So uh, that's that was his choice, and uh, we're we're gonna just keep making episodes here. But guys, if you liked what you listened to tonight, we love it if you gave us a follow on whatever you're listening to us with, uh, whatever platform you're on. You can also check us out over on Twitter at Optimal State Pod. And uh, we'd like to give a little shout out to uh, our patrons who support the show. We'd like to thank Mox Studio for uh, supporting us, also providing the amazing graphic design that we utilize. And uh, Adam, anything you'd like to leave the crowd with before we depart? Yeah, it's unfortunate that your friend couldn't come on. Um, you know, and you know the whole dildo thing is just. I mean, it's just like, oh, well, live and let live. You know, if that's what he wants to do, if that's what his priorities are, that's cool. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I wish people would just be as open as us when it comes to these things. But maybe people feel like uh, they have too much to lose or too much to, on the line to talk about or just even have a conversation about things that we would deem important. But, you know, to each his own. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys the weekend and we'll see you next episode. Yes. Don't buy the illusion. Seek the truth. Or you'll be making music videos with dildos on your head. See you all later. Thanks for listening to The Optimist State.
I've tasted heaven and it's a taste that stings I've tasted heaven and it's a taste that Oh, my God. 